My name is The Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Because they came to whose house? Where'd you go to college? Syracuse? Syracuse? That's a basketball school. Let's play some basketball! Rain man, good to go. Hey coach, how are you? I'm good, Rain, I'm good. Thanks for doing this today. No problem. I'll have an English muffin if you got one. What's that? No, go ahead. I'm ready. I'm ready. This is the Sports Zella Show. Here's Rain and Scooter. Rain and Scooter. Rain and Scooter. So if if I could just welcome everybody to Valentine's Day and say, I hope your heart is full of love. Tiff's in studio with Scoop and I today as we get ready to go on a Friday. Man, the sun is shining, Scoop, but it is bitter cold. Feels like five below out there. Uh, that's a store, too. Uh, Mrs. Rain goes to that one all the time. Yeah, yeah coincidentally. Um, yeah, it's a thing. I just wanted to officially welcome everybody to Valentine's Day. Can I do that? Sure, go ahead. Okay, all right. He never knows what I'm going to play. I always keep a couple of things hidden from Scoop. It's time for Alexa Valentine's Day Theater. I love you. I love you. I love you. I just wanted to share a few, uh, I guess, famous lines, but they're recited by Alexa, but they have a Valentine's Day theme to them. Have you... Sensed the disdain in my voice uh, up to this point. Mm, yes. Can yeah. I just reveal, mm-hmm. you know, come clean, that okay. I was, in fact, married on a Valentine's Day some years ago. Ooh. Ended badly. I'm sorry. Ended badly. So um, my psyche is stained. Okay, well, I'm going to try. Let's, uh, can we have a bromance since we're bros? <laughs> can we do it like that? I don't want. I, I like it and everything, but I, I, I'm not comfortable with that terminology. Well, if you're watching on Q Sports Talk on Twitch TV, we do sit across the table from each other with a space in between. That might be okay for Joe Buck, but not not me. Yeah, I am Groot. I am Groot. Is that Valentine's Day to you, Tiff? Give me get yourself on a mic there and answer me. What do you think? Does that work? I am Groot. Yeah. It's from, like, Star Wars or something. Or Guardians like. of Galaxy. Uh, yeah, I don't watch those. I don't know. <laughs> okay, maybe... I don't even know what Groot is. <laughs> to be completely, to bear all honesty, I don't know what it is. Mrs. Rain makes me watch this particular movie all the time. Here's a famous line from it. You're the first boy I ever kissed, Jake, and I want you to be the last. Is that Sweet Home Alabama movie? You ever seen that nope. one? I'm over two right now. <laughs> Reese Witherspoon? Hey, I didn't know him either, so we're we're both over two. You guys know who Adam Sandler is, right? Yeah. Oh. Drew Barrymore? I love Adam Sandler. My opera man. <laughs> might have you on this one. All I want to do is grow old with you. Remember in the song? Oh. That, oh. <laughs> I got another one for you, too. You'll know this. Everybody's seen this one. I'll never let go, Jack. I promise. That's Titanic, Yes, right? it is. Yes, it is. Full disclosure, I've never seen that one either. No? Not nope. missing anything. Uh, really? No. It wasn't... Boat sinks in the end. <laughs> you do know the outcome Spoiler of that alert. movie. You, you do. You do. He's a black heart on Valentine's Day. Yeah, I can see it is, it is a sore subject, Scoop, and I'm very sorry about that. So, in honor of that, here on the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1 on Valentine's Day, I'll just do this then. You've been listening to Alexa Valentine's Day Theater. Happy Valentine's Day. Or in, in your case, let's just get the day over with. Yeah, Tiger, bad, Tiger, bad memories, bad memories, sorry. Tiger Woods paid tribute to Kobe Bryant. Uh, he's back. He's he's playing some good golf. 
Well, unwittingly, sort of. Yeah, the un, the Rivera Country Club, I believe, is where he is right Riviera, now. Yes. The Riviera Country Club. I'm sorry, it's out in Los Angeles. He's done well on that course. Uh, but let's explain how he paid tribute to everybody. Well, everybody thought it might happen on this eighth hole they have there, which is nicknamed Mamba, but it just sort of happened by some harmonic convergence and lining up of the powers, the golf gods. I don't know, man. It's pretty weird. It's it's There's something to this, man. I mean, Kobe. When you think that Kobe and Tiger were blowing up at the same time, almost the same age. So Woods Eagle Putt, number one, just one of a number of tributes to Brian on Thursday at the PGA Tour stop in Pacific Palisades, California. When he got to the hole, nicknamed Mamba, the flag is in the Lakers purple and gold. Woods carded a birdie. This time the putt was only two foot nine inches and flipped the ball to Kenny Jolicava with a Kobe-esque follow-through. Uh, I mean, I guess that's how it all ended for him. But, yeah, it was it was a strange set of circumstances. His eagle putt at the par five first hole sat 24 feet, eight inches from the hole, the same two numbers cool. Kobe wore during his Lakers career. Now, that's just freaky, man. It, it is. I'm saying this is awesome in a, in a weird sort of way, but it gives me the chills. It does. I mean, the, the Kobe tributes are going to keep continuing. You've got the All-Star festivities this weekend for the NBA, and you're going to see a lot of that. It's 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 going to be in a memorial for Kobe, even though the official one isn't, I believe, for 10 days until the 24th, even though he was buried. It was this past Friday. There's a lot of Kobe love still out there. People are still – it takes time to mourn these things and to work through Something like that. I mean, what a devastating loss still, not just for basketball, but for sports fans, for really, I think, humanity affected people worldwide. When talking to the Golf Channel about that 24-foot, 8-inch putt, Tiger Woods said, it's ironic, isn't it? I didn't know about the putt being that long. He didn't know until somebody told him. It's amazing. I mean... It just the stars aligned. It is really Twilight Zone music here. It's really the only way that you can kind of look at that. But of course, carrying on the torch is number twenty-three on the Lakers. Now he's the de facto go-to guy on the court. They were good friends. You know who I'm talking about. It's none other than LeBron James. And LeBron James got called out by Tristan Thompson, former teammate on the Cavaliers who basically said he is the worst bleeping diet ever, which you would never think that. And I always thought he ate right. He talks about that. I've seen interviews with him where he talks about his diet. He's not divulging the fact that he eats crap. Well, we know he loves Taco Tuesday. Yeah, he does. Taco Tuesday. We know that's the thing in the LeBron James household. But this whole story that Tristan tells, and I'm going to read the quotes here. Please. He has like five French toast for breakfast, Amazing. drowns it in syrup with strawberries and bananas, has like a four-egg omelet, and then he goes and just blanking dunks on somebody. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. He eats like shiz. Yeah, that stuff. And that's a quote. It's a direct quote. I mean, what do you – yeah, he where, – where is it again? He loves sweets. He likes desserts. And uh, Tristan says, it's crazy how his body just burns it. There's a there's one more quote at the bottom of the page that's also fantastic that you have to censor yourself. Go ahead. I remember one year I tried to eat like he ate, and it just didn't work out, Thompson said. I started gaining weight and said, blank this. I mean, it works for him. Loves his sweets. He <laughs> loves his sweets. He eats desserts and French toast. Crazy how his body just burns it. Could you imagine having a metabolism like that? He's 17 years in. 
amongst other numbers that jump off the page because he's just, once again, having an elite all-star year. It's the fact that he's leading the league in assists at 10.8 per game. I mean, that's just mind-blowing. If you, I mean, mind-numbing if you really think about it. You know Michael Wilbon, right? Yeah. Michael Wilbon said this about LeBron and, and well, this situation. LeBron being the assist leader, it's an amazing thing. LeBron James. It's it's almost like, you know, the only thing it reminds me of, and I was kind of too little to remember it in detail, too young at the time. But, you know, Wilt would decide what he was going to do in a particular season and how he was going to lead the league in this. He's going to lead the league in that. And he would do it. It almost feels like LeBron decided that this year. I'm going to facilitate a little bit more because I got Anthony Davis now. I think it was interesting too. They kept Cal Kuzma, but that's a whole other conversation. It's it's just it's astounding what he's doing at this point in his career. Well, there's a, a piece in the Los Angeles Times today about LeBron and essentially the whole idea of NBA teams fighting over seeding for the playoffs and how that's never really been an important thing for LeBron. Doesn't matter to him. The Cavaliers got to a lot of finals without being the number one seed in the East. You know, um, in Miami, he lost a championship when they were the number one seed, and he won a championship when they were the number one seed. That's right. So it's not really a thing to him. I mean, he went to eight straight finals, I think it was, and seeded all over the place with his Cavaliers. Sportzilla Show here on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Twitch.tv can go to Q Sports Talk. There's a watch party for tomorrow's game, too. Am I, am I incorrect, or am I correct on that, or can we... Do you have it in front of the, you? The watch party for what? For for the game tomorrow, for the Syracuse basketball game. There's a watch party for the Louisville game. For the Louisville game. That's the next one. All right, we'll update you on that after we get through our first break. Because let's talk Hughes real quick right now, Scoop. Uh, Florida State is tomorrow at noon. The biggest concern going into this game is, well, first of all, it's on the road. It's against the top 10 team. And we need to win this because our bubble is real big. If it hasn't already burst, it's pretty close. Trying to drink that orange Kool-Aid, trying to stay positive, trying to see the path in the remaining seven or so games that are left in the season. But it's Elijah Hughes and his health. If he's healthy, well, that greatly improves our chances. A master of the obvious making that statement. Well, I think him even being out there, even if he's not 100%, if if he can shoot and and play you know, if we can get 85% out of him or 75%, boy, you know, it's better than nothing. And he's he's a huge part of the scoring for this team. Yeah, You know, we, we saw the other night that Guerriere and Gerard can pick up the slack. Uh, so that's comforting to some degree, but they have to hit more threes, and they got to hope that they can – get something out of Elijah if he's available. Boy, that's a key right there. The the three-point shooting has been on a progressive decline over the last handful, five, six, seven games, whatever it is. But even Brent Axe, who's on the block with you at 4 o'clock, had said, you know, you got to see Joe Girard, Quincy Garrier grow his players in a hurry if this team wants to stay in the hunt for an NCAA tournament bid. Uh, Read his most latest article, but he's spot on with that. I'm not even going to tease Brent like I sometimes do. Uh, but I totally agree with what he's saying. I mean, that's got to happen. We need players to step up. We need the depth that Florida State is actually known for. It's a very deep team. Sidibe's got to stay out of foul trouble. We've got to protect the middle on offense and defense. These are things that we all know as fans. The, one of the challenges, you talk about them being a, a deep team. Well, their bench sees a lot of play, gets, yeah. gets a lot of 
minutes. And Syracuse historically doesn't, but it's of course yeah. the, the trend is continuing this year. That's that's yeah, that, that's a different story than than the Orange, you know. And playing at Florida State is tough. They've won 19 straight games at home. They're 61 and three since the end of the 2015-16 season. Yeah, 12 and 0 at home this season. The only undefeated ACC team on their home court. Now we've been good on the road, so if we can go in there and you know punch them in the mouth, maybe we can steal one. Boy, they just they just have to win this game. I mean, it's something we talked about yesterday. Jay Billis uh, basically has four different teams that he puts, you know, D1 basketball teams within national title favorites, Elite Eight possible, Sweet 16 contenders, and then that Tier 4 where it's basically you got to get better. You're on the bubble. You're playing for an at-large bid. You hope maybe you're in that first four conversation. Uh, but if you don't turn this around, and really we've suggested this and others I'm sure agree and have had these conversations, not just here on ESPN Radio, but they've got to win all if not the vast majority of these games and and they 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 have to key on this game and the Louisville game on Wednesday cuz they're both in the top 10 and you need the Q1 wins you get those Q1 Q2s it greatly improves your chances obviously of making the tournament yeah and look let's we'll just take it you know they're going to take it one game at a time as fans we can look ahead to Louisville or whatever well, Jim's Jim's going to guarantee that you got to get through tomorrow do your best tomorrow handling this team. I mean, goodness gracious, uh, this Devin Vassell, he leads Florida State in points, rebounds, and blocks, and there's only two other guys in the ACC that lead their team in all three categories. You know, uh, he's strong. He's making 42% of his three-point shots. Look, that's a story. The three-point shots, that has to improve. Some of that, I think we got shooters on the orange. I just think it's going to turn around in, in one of these games where they just start going in. They didn't just forget how to shoot three-pointers. They've just kind of gotten on a cold streak. The law of averages, it's the old baseball cliche. Listen, usually by the end of the season, these guys perform to the back of their baseball card. Well, it's the same type of thing here. You have to expect when you've got Buddy and you've got Elijah and you've got Joe and you've just got players that can shoot the three, they're going to end up making some of these and hopefully that helps us and leads us to wins. We got to take a break, Scoop, but we're going to talk MLB a little bit. This this ongoing Astros saga, but there's some breaking news in relation to, believe it or not, the New York Mets that I want to tell you about. And that's next. Sports Illustrated Show, ESPN Radio, ninety-seven point seven and one hundred point one. On Twitch, Q Sports Talk and ESPN Radio, ninety-seven point seven and one hundred point one. It's the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. Create new memories while ice skating this season with Krause Health. Skates in the city, beautiful open-air rink at Clinton Square or the indoor rink at Sunnycrest. Open daily for daytime and nighttime fun. Only three bucks to <laughs> skate and three dollars for skate rentals. Daily special and details at skatesinthecity.com. Skates in the city, fun memories downtown. I mean, it's cold outside, so bundle up, and if all goes according to plan, your romantic evening could end up heating itself up. This is a sore subject. Let's just stop alluding to the Valentine's Day stuff. Scoop, I really apologize. I hope you all have a wonderful Valentine's Day. Let me say that. I hope it's the best Valentine's Day ever. And I also hope that nothing ever happens to you on Valentine's Day to ruin it for all eternity for you. I feel like this is a catharsis for you. Like It's like a therapeutic type of 
thing. Am I wrong? Am I right? It probably is to some degree. Well, let's talk about this. It's an emotional pine cone cleaning out my insides. I'm going to talk a little bit more about the Astros cheating scandal, but Major League Baseball in general. I mean, it's nice to see the Mets back at it. Tiff's favorite team. She's in studio with us today. You can wave to the Twitch camera, too. Q Sports Talk on Twitch.tv. We'll take your bits. Uh, if you're a Mets fan, you can sound off to us and let us know at ESPN Sportzilla. I try to, I got to focus on the Mets, too, because obviously the Syracuse Mets are here. Uh, and I'm a Yankees fan, so I get a little hyper-focused on the New York Yankees sometimes, which is going to happen momentarily, but I digress. But, I mean, it's just great to see the game back. Pitchers and catchers, I just can't wait till at some point we're actually talking baseball and not about this, but it's the narrative for every single team in spring training. If you have ever ever had anything to do with the Astros in the last few seasons, or the Red Sox for that matter, or basically been involved in the game, you're getting these types of questions. So either you were directly or indirectly involved or you just happened to be involved in Major League Baseball, you must share an opinion with the media. That's the way it's working. That's what all reporters are asking. It's a story that will not die right now. It's just a snowball thing, even though they've all gone down to warm weather to get ready for the game. The game's to start at the end of March. I got into this Twitter conversation about this last night, and somebody says, why do all these Yankee fans expect an apology from these Astro players and, and management and ownership, because they're never going to give you one. Are you going to see a a policing of the game within itself by play, yes. by players when they play the Astros? Yes. And maybe even more so the motivation of the Yankees who feel like they were robbed or any team that feels like they were robbed of a win at some point or a pitcher that's angry about the fact that I had a bad game against them such and such a time or those two or three times that I faced them, I'm going to pay them back right now. A little vigilante justice. It's possible. I would think there are going to be a number of instances where players are pitched, oh, very much inside and maybe even beaned on purpose because of their participation in this nonsense. Uh, and and. Looking at you, Altuve and Bregman, it's in particular. It's not going to be Bob Euchre just a bit outside. It's going to be like, oh, that was a little bit of high and tight, sweet chin music. Yes. You're going to get brushback pitches. They're going to pitch inside with purpose. They're going to hit you. Yes, they they're are. They're going to hit you with pitches. And they're not going to go for the booty. They're going to go for the rib cage. They're not going to go for the head. I don't think guys, there might be a couple. Trevor Bauer concerns me at some point. Mylanta, he is furious with them. But there's a lot of other players that are, too, Scoop. Look, enjoy your World Series bonus and your World Series ring. But you know what? You're taking one in the ribs right now. You're going to know we do not appreciate what you did. That's going to happen. And it, uh, in large part, it's going to happen because the commissioner's office has not come down hard enough on this. The, uh, the commissioner's office is totally uh, playing into what will happen this year and guys taking it upon themselves to get a little vengeance, to get a little justice, because people don't feel justice has been served. And that's when I had this conversation with the guy saying, well, why do you Yankee fans expect an apology? Well, number one, I don't know that we expect an apology. I don't know if that premise is correct. Wait, did you just claim you were a Yankees fan? No. Okay, uh, no. continue. But, but somebody directed that at us, hearing us on the radio, and assumed maybe that I was. But I'm a baseball fan, okay? And, look, we I don't expect them to apologize. 
I expect them to do a, a better dance than they're doing for crying out loud. And when they don't apologize and they horribly apologize and it sounds like, well, we're sorry we got caught when they go through everything that they say. And that's seems to be the gist of, of what everybody is saying from the ownership to the players. Then we're going to pick on these apologies because the league hasn't done anything. We're angry about the whole situation, not just the lack of an apology. It's because there has not been punishment. There's not been retribution for cheating in baseball. Cheating. The court of players' public opinion has not been served. The way, the scales of justice are, are not weighted properly at this point. They're angry. And then you talk about the court of public opinion with the fans themselves. I, I'm not angry about it. I, I, I was. But I also try to keep the perspective that, hey, it's just a game. But then I go, wait a minute. I've invested my fandom my entire life. I am obsessed with the Yankees. I watch every game. Scoop, you know this. And I'm I'm just, it just leaves a horrible, horrible taste in my mouth. And part of me wants to see Bregman get drilled and Altuve get drilled when the Yankees play him. I want to see them not playing baseball this year. It's just, yeah, something's, like, not even the slightest bit of a suspension for even... Even 10 games, nothing. They should have what they love taken from them for a year. Yeah. So I, they can sit and think about it and try to develop some degree of remorse and contrition. On a lighter note, knowing that he was going to be walking in and facing an onslaught of questions about the cheating scandal, uh, the Yankees and his feelings and his team's feelings about what happened in 2017 and, well, has basically happened over the last few seasons with the Astros. Did you hear how Brett... Or I'm sorry, Aaron Boone opened his press conference yesterday. You had mentioned it to uh, me. Yes. I would just like to share this with you. Sits down, kind of half pauses, kind of looks up slowly at all the reporters and just goes, Sup, yo. Sup, yo. That's literally <laughs> Aaron Boone. And how he addressed the reporters. Not good afternoon or nothing. It's just, he gave him a sup, yo. A little sup, yo. A little uh, sly smile. It was, it was kind of amusing to say the least. I want to give you some comments from around the media landscape from some very respected journalists that cover Major League Baseball. This is what Jeff Passan said about Jim Crane and the Astros in that clown show yesterday. That's what he used, the words he used. Temerity to say, I don't think it had much of an impact. And then a minute and seven seconds later says, I didn't say that. I mean, it was just a clown show from start to end. It was an absolute clown show. I mean, it literally is. It's. It was the fakest apology ever, like this. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Sorry, sorry. I mean, it was this. Sorry. It was more this. I'm sorry about what happened. Let me make it up to you. It's just really terrible. Bobby Valentine contradicting what Jim Crane said. Um, knowing the pitch is a huge advantage in Major League Baseball. You might know him from managing multiple teams, including your New York Mets at one point. Tiff, this is what Bobby V said. Well, you know, the the first thing that all humanoids do when they stand at the plate is they see that bad guy propelling the ball in their direction, and they have to decide if they're going to duck or if they can swing. Well, if they know that the ball for sure is not a fastball and it's not a life-or-death situation, then the the discerning is a lot easier to recognize what pitch it is. So I think it's I think there's a, a great deal of uh, advantage when you know what's coming. Sportzilla show here on ESPN Radio. 
And it, it's funny because I also got a comment from Cody Bellinger. He was on the Dodgers defending. He's the defending MVP of the National League. His dad was even Clay Bellinger on the Yankees at one point. So, you know, there's a little bit of a tie-in there. But he's not happy with the situation at all. He's voiced his displeasure. He backed up Gary Sanchez, who said, if I hit that home run in that situation, you could take my pants off. I don't even care about my shirt in in concerning the, the buzzers and that alleged thing that happened. They didn't necessarily find evidence. That doesn't mean it's not out there somewhere, it, and that didn't happen. I mean, smoke where there's, uh, you know what I mean? Smoke where there's fire, fire where there's smoke, whatever the cliche is. It looks very shady. It sure does. This is what Cody Bellinger had to say, though. You know, I thought the apologies were whatever. Uh, I thought Jim Cranes was weak. I thought Manfred's punishment was weak, giving him immunity. Um, I mean, these guys were cheating for three years. Um, you know, I think what people don't realize is Altuve stole an MVP from Judge in 17. Um, everyone knows they stole the ring from us. Yeah, he said he even threw one out to the Yankees and Aaron Judge. That's a pretty telling statement right there. But basically, to to a lot of people, they've been equivalenting this to what happened on The Office, which is a fantastic TV show. Uh, you know the character Dwight? This pretty much sums up what the Astros did. As a disciplinary measure, he is going to have to issue a formal apology. Dwight, have you prepared your statement of regret? I have. Let's hear it. <clears throat> I state my regret. You couldn't have memorized that? I could not because I do not feel it. I mean, accurate, though. It really is. Uh, Comedically accurate. Let's take our break. We're going to come back. Hold on, though. You prom- You did it on Twitch, but you did not d- do your little Mets thing that you, you teased last time. Oh, thanks for helping me not bury the lead. A-Rod and- is rumored. A-Rod is rumored to be in a group potentially because the Mets are still for sale, even though the Steve Cohen deal fell through. A-Rod may be trying to purchase the Mets. And that's why he is now currently trending on Twitter. Number one. So you can chew on that. All right. Now we take our break. Sports Show, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. And as usual, scoop, kick, save, and a beauty. On Twitch, Q Sports Talk and ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. It's the Sportszilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. It looks to me like A-Rod is now trending third, but he's still trying to buy the Mets. Did you see the Odell OBJ, your boy now from my Giants, of course, going into his, what is it, second year now on the way with the Browns? What did he do now? Got a Kobe Bryant tattoo, brand spanking new. Okay, at least it's that. Yeah, so it's nothing <laughs> bad, actually. That's, that's like, cool, I get that. All right, that's nice. Mamba mentality. He, You know, you can say what you want about OBJ, but he has that. That drive and that will to succeed. One thing you cannot say about Odell Beckham Jr. is that he does not put the work in to be incredible at his job. And for all the things that he does that you just kind of shake your head at and go, why why are you doing that? That's a bad idea. Being a Browns fan and following Browns Twitter and Facebook, I've seen countless videos of OBJ spending time with kids in wheelchairs. He sure does. Disadvantaged kids. Sure does. And spending quality time with them, having quality conversations with them, giving of himself. It's moving. The public stuff with him, I mean, you'll see teammates shake their head at him 
and just roll their eyes. This is kind of Odell being Odell, Manny being Manny, you know, that type of thing. But behind the scenes in the locker room, actually as a teammate, he's beloved. Like, guys love him. He's a good teammate. He gets it. He helps his his teammates get better. He works with the other receivers. He's not disliked in the locker room. It's what he puts out in public. But the other side, flip side of that is he draws attention to himself. So sometimes in situations, it actually takes the pressure and the media focus off of his teammates. He's not afraid to get in front of a microphone or a camera and talk and deflect. You're not looking at anybody else if you're looking at OBJ. I don't know if it's directly or indirectly. That's an intention of his, but it's ultimately what he does. And there are guys that don't want to talk to the media. They prefer not to. They'll answer the questions if they have to. They'll be accountable. But if it's not an option and it doesn't have to be, they're like, I'm okay with this. And there's some that think, you know, this whole business about him having an injury is, you know, him making an excuse for his numbers not being so great this year. Well, you can argue that if you want, but, you know, you try to go and do your job with an injury. You know, I, I think he's get, he's going to probably have to get surgery for this injury. I, I don't think he's done it yet, but and I still think we could get two or three good seasons out of him with the, the Cleveland Browns. If, if he stays out of trouble, keeps his head on right, and doesn't create these uh, distractions... I don't know how the new regime would put up with that. I think the new regime is going to help a lot in getting Freddie Kitchens, or as the glue guy who's in occasionally with us would call him, Freddie Kittens. I'm not sure Freddie or the Browns this year really knew how to use him. They certainly didn't know how to use the running game, the amazing running game that they had. They had a league-leading running back for, like, every game until the last game of the year when Derrick Henry passed him, and and... I think he could have got more yards even still over the course of the season because Freddie Kitchens didn't know how to use the running game. Probably going to be the Bengals in Ohio right down the road. Of course, an in-state rival. Uh, Burrow, Joe Burrow is clearly the consensus top pick. That's from around the league, experts, scouts, and everybody. So I think that's who you're going to see. You're going to see a quarterback go number one. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, uh, he says he hates Cincinnati-style chili. That didn't necessarily endear him with <laughs> Oh no, people in Cincinnati, but they would like to win down there. Explain to people the difference and what makes Cincinnati chili Cincinnati chili for those that don't know since you've lived in that area. Um, the meat is ground up very fine, and it's almost as if they put a little bit of cinnamon in there. Cinnamon, if you can imagine that. And then, like the whole thing they do now, they have they have conies. They have like these half size hot dogs. Yeah. And they pile that Cincinnati chili on there had it, had it. with shredded cheese oh. and the diced onions that you can smell from a mile away. Did I? I got you in the mood for a Wegman's turkey sub yeah. yesterday. Now yeah. you've got me in the mood for a coney. And and one of the other things they have down there is the chili spaghetti, where they it's actual spaghetti. They pour the chili on top. Yeah, I've seen that. And you get like a one way, two way, three way, four way, or a five way. And a five way's got. The chili and the beans and the shredded cheese and the onions and, you know, and uh, numerous toilet. And you can take the little oyster crackers and you put them on top. Numer- and so when I first saw it, I go, what the hell are these people doing? Numerous toilets close by when uh, something like that's going in. Uh, it would be Gold Star Chili and Skyline Chili, which are the uh, the big chains down there. And there's a great mom and pop place called Blue Ash Chili and. Blue Ash, Ohio, a suburb. Ash. Of okay, I, I had to double the Ash, right? A S H. Although you might wind up with the other. Yeah, after eating 
fair to say. It's Scoop and Rain here, Sports Illustrated Show, on a Friday, Valentine's Day, talking NFL, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Brings me back to Miles Garrett from your Browns with the Mason Rudolph helmet Big swing Big Mike situation. and Cindy in the morning are supported actually, by Planet Fit. It could have been worse. It, it's scary. It, it was as, about as bad as it gets on the football field. It, it was a terrible thing. I mean, everybody was like, no, dude, what are you doing? But it actually could have been worse. But he's been reinstated. We had mentioned this yesterday, but I wanted to share with you Mina Kimes' comments on the situation. Miles is is really owned. At first, he didn't. But eventually, over time, he's done and said the right things to learn from, to grow from, and rehabilitate his image. He's changed his thought process. I think he got out of the moment. He was not really necessarily known off the field for being a bad person. He's had a few instances on the field, but but generally all around a good guy. Well, that's just it. Outside of football, he writes poetry, and he's like this renaissance man. But in between the lines, he's a beast. He turns into a maniac, and sometimes he crosses the line. And there there are you know the the late hits and some fines with regards to that, and this this helmet incident. I wanted to share with you about this life changing moment. What Mina Kimes had to say, I kind of agree with her. It changed his life. He knows that. I mean, he, he said he's heard it all. He, he, in the immediate aftermath, right that night, which he describes as his lowest moment, he says he burrowed up, he stayed off the Internet, turned off the TVs, closed his shutters, um, because, you know, he was getting the hate mail, obviously. He knows what was out there, what was being said about him. He heard people calling him a dirty player, saying he should go to prison. He heard all of it. And... He know he knows that a lot of those people will never change their minds. Give me your closing thoughts on that scoop. I hope uh, you know he's learned from this. Unfortunately, going forward as a football player, I think now he's going to have a laser beam, magnifying glass, microscope zoomed in on him and every little thing he does. And I think if he does the slightest thing, he's going to draw a flag. I, I think he's a marked guy. That's the problem. So he's got to go. He's got to go extra hard in trying to not get penalized and to play the right way. It's a busy sporting weekend. We're going to cover a couple of those things in our next segment, just a few minutes away. But we're all going to focus tomorrow, specifically noon to two, on the Cuse game. As we know, they're playing Florida State in a must-win game. This is truly a must-win game. I think at this point in the season. But don't forget, football-related, the XFL gets into week number two. Tomorrow's games, the 2 o'clock game on ABC is New York. It's the Guardians, my de facto favorite team right now, uh, against D.C. And then Tampa Bay at Seattle at 5 o'clock. That's on Fox. On Sunday, I love how they kind of break the games up so you can watch a lot of football, too. Dallas at L.A., 3 o'clock, ABC Sunday. St. Louis-Houston is on FS1 at 6 on Sunday. I'm not sure if there's as much interest in that particular game based on the regions of those two teams, but it's still some football. I'm still interested. It was good stuff last week. Let's take our break on the Sports Illustrated Show, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1, and a few little treats next, as promised. On Twitch, Q Sports Talk and ESPN Radio 97.7 at 100.1. It's the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. Want to hang out with Eric Evendorf, Roosevelt Bowie, and Lawrence Moten for the Syracuse-Louisville game? Tune into Q Sports Talk on Twitch while you watch the game on TV or listen on TK99. 
pull up twitch.tv slash QSportsTalk to see live reaction, unfold, and interaction from Syracuse legends Roosevelt Bowie, Lawrence Moten, and Eric Evendorf, joined by Seth Goldberg live from our Armory Square Studios. Plus, you'll have a chance to win an SU t-shirt courtesy of University Sports Shop in Destiny, USA, and Great Northern Mall. I'm not as familiar with XFL players as I am NFL players. I'm learning this league. I think we all are. So Bezo, I think it's Sylvester, perhaps is his last name. Uh, but he's, uh, let's see, he's a cornerback from D.C. to L.A. for Anthony Johnson, who's a linebacker. So one week into the season, L.A. has gotten rid of Pepper Johnson, their defensive coordinator, and there's a trade. So I was going to say, is there a trade deadline I'm guess, starting to think not. I guess they can do whatever they want when, whenever they want. I don't know what the rules are. There's a buttload of different uh, rules within the XFL as compared to the NFL. Some are subtle. Some are not so subtle. I'm learning them, too. So there you go. I like the 25-second clock. Yeah, definitely. I'm a fan of that. And it kind of speeds the pace of play. Well, you, you would, we've talked about that. That's kind of the goal is to make games a little bit faster than the NFL couple of other things of note here on Valentine's weekend. NBA All-Star Game, the festivities uh, lead through the weekend, culminating with the game itself, which is basically just offense, offense, and more offense. That's on Sunday night. I'm looking forward to watching that. I always kind of do. Kind of put it on the background and just watch here and there, and every once in a while you see something spectacular. And then those Miracle on Ice jerseys. Syracuse Crunch, you're going to hear the game right here on ESPN Radio in Syracuse. But Comets Crunch is a through-way throwdown matchup. It is a geographical rivalry. It is two great fan bases that when they play each other, fans travel between the two cities, being it's 45 minutes to an hour apart. This is obvious to everybody. But Galaxy Cup matchup tonight. So at the end of the season, somebody's awarded the Galaxy Cup from our company. This company broadcasts both teams' games in Syracuse and Utica on different radio stations, and that's brought to you by Delmonico's Italian Steakhouse but it should be a good one tonight. It was it was a good one. It went to a shootout the other day. Uh, the Comets won it with a goal by AHL leading goal scorer Reed Boucher. But it's at the Upstate Medical University Arena, and I bring that up just so we can keep practicing saying that at the Onondaga War Memorial. I still have to read it, or else I don't get it right. It's crazy though. They they uh, so earlier in the season we've mentioned this a few times. Corey Conacher has been up and down and up and down like a yo-yo with the frequent flyer miles between Tampa and Syracuse. Well, now it's Alex Volkoff. He was, he's just been reassigned back to the Syracuse Crunch after like a 24-hour call-up to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Did we just report that yeah, yesterday? Yeah, just uh, the other day, I think it was. Sure, Crunch fans know all about that. So that should be a fantastic game. Uh, other than that, I, I apologize to Scoop on a Friday for... Um, the Valentine's Day stuff a little bit earlier. I owe you a turkey oh, sub. You, you almost had to do that. I mean, it's it's a special day for a lot of people. People are probably going to the crunch games. Some of them as a Valentine's date. You know that would. You know, actually, when I got married back on Valentine's Day, the the following day in our honeymoon in Chicago, we went and saw the Calgary Flames and the Chicago Blackhawks, which might be why I'm not married today. Yeah, that might have a little something to do with it. The miracle. <laughs> The miracle hockey jerseys, the replicas that they are auctioning off, check the Crunch's social media, uh, replicating 1980 Team USA gold medal winning team are just absolutely spectacular. It's the Sportzilla Show done for the day. See you actually Tuesday at 3 o'clock. Brent Axe got you on the block next. ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Watch ESPN Syracuse live on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. It's like radio for your eyes. Who would do a thing like that? 
twitch.tv slash QSportsTalk. You can watch your favorite shows live and interact with them. You will get bonus content and chances to win prizes. Just go to twitch.tv slash QSportsTalk or click the link at ESPNSyracuse.com. ESPN Radio 97.7, 100.1, 1200 AM and 1440 AM. Hey, throw me a ball. Hi, this is Joel Bauer at Farmers Insurance in North Syracuse. We know insurance. Hey, pass me that maraca and the hula hoop. Bouncing a basketball, shaking a maraca, and killing it on the hula hoop, all while talking is just one way we can multitask. Imagine when we bundle your home, cars, boat, motorcycle, all while making you a fresh cup of coffee in our really nice offices in North Syracuse and saving you money and headaches. Lower your expenses and up your stress-free insurance experience. We don't just know insurance at Joel Bauer Farmers Insurance. We might say we are insurance. Uh, you can't say that. Okay, instead of telling you how truly good... 